Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 96 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il. And it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Uh, now, uh, this podcast is for anyone, whether you are remotely curious about the religion of Islam, or if you're thinking about becoming a Muslim, or if you just became a Muslim, and you know, or if you've been a Muslim and just want to learn more about Islam, this podcast is for you, inshallah. Uh, now, um, you know, we're still in the blessed month of Ramadan, alhamdulillah, and it's, wallahi, it's such a beautiful, beautiful month, you know, and, and, and it's just has a, its own atmosphere, you know, you fast throughout the day until sunset, and then after sunset, you sit down with your family or with your loved ones and you, you know, have iftar together. And then after that, you go and you pray uh, taraweeh with, you know, with your Muslim community and, and you know, friends and, and, and so forth. And it just has its own beautiful vibe. You know, it just has a spiritual uh, vibe and a spiritual, you know, atmosphere that subhanAllah, we don't feel it outside of that month. SubhanAllah. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't feel that. A lot of people actually can't feel that. And a lot of people wonder, why do you, what, what, what are you guys feeling? What's going on here? Like, I'm not motivated. Like, some people are not motivated, you know, during the month of Ramadan. Like, why do I have to do all this? I'll fast and eat because I was raised in, you know, like that in, in, in a community that, you know, okay. But I don't get it. You know, I don't, I don't have this motivation. I don't feel this, oh, spiritual thing. A lot of people, will, you'll be surprised. A lot of people feel that way. And they don't get it. Why is Ramadan so special? It actually should be less special since I'm going to, you know, quote unquote, suffer and not eat and drink. Like I have to, you know, I'll feel so exhausted throughout the day. It's the month of suffering, man. It's not the month month of, you know, of, of happiness. And, and so what are you guys talking about? Well, it's okay. Because some people don't understand the significance of the month of Ramadan. By the way, our happiness doesn't come from fasting. I mean, if you come on, logically speaking, no one is happy f- from feeling hungry. No one would be happy, you know, because they don't eat and drink for like, you know, many hours. Nobody. So why are we happy then? Well, because we know that when we do this, there, there is specific or there are actually multiple rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will offer us, will give us for doing that. So, And, and here's the thing. Well, we can do good deeds and we still feel... I'm, I'm telling you the argument when, that I have with people, actually. Well, if you're worried, about, if you're happy about good deeds, why don't you just do good deeds outside of the month of Ramadan? Why do you have to fast? Why do you have to do this and that? You know, to... to, to like, I don't get it. You still can do good, good deeds and, and get rewarded for it outside of Ramadan. It's not only Ramadan, right? Well, here's the thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually multiplies by God knows what. Bottom line is, when you do one good deed in Ramadan, it's far more significant if you do the same deed outside of Ramadan. 
Now, the intention must be present, meaning you're doing it in Ramadan because you want Allah to reward you. Not, it's not a coincidental kind of thing, you know? So my point is, yes, this is the month of generosity. That's why Allah, a lot of people say what? Ramadan Kareem. The word Kareem in Arabic means generous. Al-Kareem is one of Allah's you know, names. Al-Kareem means the generous. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's, this is the month of generosity from Allah. Allah is generous regardless, right? Outside of Ramadan, we, we, we talked about this many times. Allah is the one who taught us how to repent. Then when we repent, because He taught us how to repent, Allah rewards us and accepts it from us. This is, if it's not generosity, what would that be? It's the ultimate generosity. But guess what? Inside of Ramadan, generosity is even more. Far more and far, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us, giving us, giving us blessings, rewards, forgiveness. A lot of things that happen in Ramadan that they, do, they still happen outside of Ramadan, but the quantity is not the same. And that's why Ramadan is very special. That's why you should be happy as a believer. You should be happy. Why can't you be happy? If you do something very little, and we'll talk about the things we, we were supposed to do. And then it's multiplied by God knows how, you know, how many. Wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you be excited for that? Come on, when, when you get your salary and there's when you, the time of the year when you get your bonus, right? When you get your bonus, aren't you excited? The bonus that actually matters is our deeds. That is the, the, that's what you want your bonus to be on the day of judgment. You want your, you know, as much as you can from good deeds. Imagine you have a month where you could have that and more. That's why Muslims, believers in specific, not just Muslims, feel some sort of, you know, a spiritual, you know, generosity on that month. Now, before I get into, you know, addressing the uh, the motivation issue, let's talk about Ramadan and in, 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 I'm, I'm going to gloss over the, 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 the definition of Ramadan and all these things Because I already talked about it in detail I think it's in episode number 24 It's called the month of Ramadan Just go back and listen to it inshallah But yeah, it's episode number 24 uh, And I talk in, in a lot of detail about you know the blessings of Ramadan What is Ramadan and all these things So please, if you haven't uh, done already, go back and listen to it uh, Now, the month of Ramadan We know that it's the most blessed month on the side of Allah We know that for a fact this is the most uh, same thing like the 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 the, the day of Jumma, the the Friday is the most blessed day in the sight of Allah, you know, f- during the week on a weekly basis. So on a weekly basis, Friday is the most blessed day. On a month, on a annual basis, the month of Ramadan is the most blessed month in the sight of Allah. Okay, it's the month that the Quran was revealed. Prophet, Prophet our Prophet became a prophet in during the month of Ramadan. Subhanallah. Now. The month of Ramadan, what, what do we do in the month of Ramadan? Uh, well, we don't eat and drink. That's it. Unfortunately for a lot of people, that's it. And that's why I wanted to say it like that. Because a lot of people, well, okay, what, do you, what do you guys do in Ramadan? Well, we, we don't eat and drink. Really? That's it? Unfortunately, that's not the case. And unfortunately, a lot of people think that that's the case. A lot of people abstain from eating and drinking while committing the same sins they used to commit before Ramadan. They still commit it while they're fasting, quote-unquote fasting. Because actually, they're not fasting. Uh, 
So if you think that fasting during the month of Ramadan is just abstaining from eating and drinking, you're wrong because you're not fasting. It doesn't even count. And the Prophet ﷺ tells us in a hadith, مَن لَمْ يَدَعْ قَوْلِ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلِ بِهِ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةً أَنْ يَدَعْ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابُهُ Look at this profound hadith. If you're not willing to let go of lying, backbiting, all these things that you probably you know used to do before Ramadan, if you're not willing to let go of this, Allah does not need you to let go of your eating and drinking. Just keep eating and drinking because it doesn't matter. Think about it. Allah, when Allah wrote uh, fasting upon us, He didn't want us to suffer by not eating and drinking. That's not the goal. What is the goal? Allah mentions it in the Quran. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu in, in the chapter of Baqarah verse number 183 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Allah is saying O you who believe Look he, he was addressing the believers Not just the Muslims The Muslims like I said The Muslims are one If you're a basic Muslim An average Muslim You're one rank below the believer So Allah is talking to the believers the fasting has been written upon you. It's mandatory. It's obligatory. The fast Ramadan. Like I've written it upon other nations, previous nations, like, you know, the, the Christians, the Jews, and we're talking about the authentic ones, you know, not the modified religion that we know now. In the times of Jesus Christ and in the time of, you know, Moses. So Allah is saying that I've written upon them to fast and now you have to fast too as well. Then Allah said, why? So you can achieve consciousness of Allah. You have to be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the whole purpose. When you stop from eating, drinking, and doing certain halal things, like by the way, you cannot be intimate with your spouse while you're fasting, even though it's halal, being intimate with your spouse. You can't. After you, you eat, now, now, that doesn't mean that the whole 30 days you're not allowed to, no. After you eat, you can be intimate with your spouse. After, again, after sunset, you can eat and drink and do whatever you want as long as it's halal. So Allah forbade us from doing halal things during the day of Ramadan. You know, from dawn to sunset. That's when we're supposed to fast. So Allah, why? To discipline us. So you can fear Allah and be disciplined. In your relationship with Allah You discipline yourself You're conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Of his existence That he's watching you And when you train your body And your soul Because it's not about the body It's not about eating, drinking No, that's not the case It's about sinning How can you stop sinning During the month of Ramadan And it starts with the physical disciplining You stop eating You stop drinking You don't follow your desires And you know and, and whims and all these things Once this happens Yourself is willing to listen Well Let me explain to you Our self Is, is not always good And what I mean by self Is like because at the end of the day You have two people Or maybe let's say three Are battling you And you have to struggle against Yourself is number one because yourself could tell you to do bad things. This has nothing to do with shaitan, by the way, with the devil. Nothing. Some evil can be coming from us. The source of evil could be us ourselves. But then 
Shaitan also, if you have a really bad self, Shaitan can come and become an ally to that self. So now you have to fight against Shaitan and yourself. And if you cannot discipline yourself, guess what? Yourself will surrender to the Shaitan and now the battle will be harder between you and your Shaitan and yourself. Then the third enemy that you have is society, bad people in society. You know, bad people in society, bad friends, bad family members who want you to do bad, who encourage you to do bad. Then you have to imagine if yourself is weak and if your shaitan is really strong, guess what? You will be susceptible to listen to what any bad influence or any bad person would tell you to do. It will be easy for you to do it. Let's try to drink alcohol. Let's try adultery. Let's try this. Let's try that. Okay, since you can't control yourself, right, your nafs, since you are weak against your shaitan, guess what? You'll do whatever they ask you to do, no questions asked. It might even be fun for you and exciting. So in Ramadan, when you physically discipline yourself from eating and drinking and not follow your desires, yourself is more disciplined now. Yourself basically comes to you and be like, I'm willing to listen now. What do you have to say? Because I, like I said, our our nafs, ourselves could go against us easily, no problem. But when you discipline your body, when you discipline your desires, guess what? Yourself will be like, let's talk. What do you want for me to do? And this way you could achieve self-discipline. You force yourself, you force your nafs to listen to you, to be disciplined as well. SubhanAllah, it's, it's amazing how it works. Amazing how it works. Now we know in Ramadan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes uh, you know shackles the shayateen, shackles the, 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 the evil jinn and all these things, and you know they're they are in their own place. They're they are like in uh, in a prison or the, the dungeons, whatever, or something that they are put in. So that means when you sin in Ramadan, it's purely yourself, your nafs. If you do bad things, it's coming from yourself. Not don't blame it on shaitan anymore. Shaitan is not there. Shaitan is shackled. We know this. The Prophet tells us in an authentic hadith. When Ramadan comes, Allah shackles and chains the shayateen, the devils. And the evil of the jinn. They are all locked up. So someone might come and say, well, how come people still sin? Well, unfortunately, sinning is not only on the shayateen. It's not on the devils only. It's on you too. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّهَ وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّهَ Allah's talking about the nafs. فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَهَا Every nafs, by the way, every self. By nafs, I mean self. Nafs in Arabic means self. Every self could be good or bad or has the bad and the good. Like human beings. People have bad and good side, right? But when you're self becomes more bad than good that's the problem that's when you sin and you don't even need the help of shaitan so when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala locks up the shayateen on you know on in ramadan during the month of ramadan and you're still sinning and you can't quit sinning rest assured that your nafs is way stronger than you and it's becoming evil that that's like there's no doubt about that so yeah you discipline yourself you discipline your nafs 
And if you can discipline yourself, then you can easily stop a specific sin that you used to commit before Ramadan. Now you have your nafs under control. Now, because Allah makes it every, like, Allah, if you think about it, it's mind blowing. This is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you all the suitable conditions, all the tools for you to become a better person. Look, shayateen, the devils are locked up. Yourself, if you follow what Allah told you about abstaining from eating, drinking, following your sexual desires, will be disciplined. Physically, will be disciplined. Mentally, will be disciplined. When your nafs is disciplined, then you can control it. And when you can control it, you can stop sinning. Because, like I said, the two factors that make you sin is what? Nafs, self, and shaitan. If nafs is disciplined, shaitan is locked up. Now you have the ex- you know the external society. That you can easily take on that, you know, you can easily stand against them because you have a disciplined nafs and shaitan is not there to help. Allah is giving you all the tools to become a good person. Some people still don't get it. Some people still think, ah, it's just eating and drinking, that's all. Some people still sin a lot in Ramadan. That means they just don't want to discipline themselves. They're following their desires. You know, even though if they're not drinking and eating. And like I said, the Prophet said, Allah doesn't need you. And unless the, the Prophet actually in another hadith, the Prophet said what? Rubba sa'imun. Like there is there, there might be someone who's fasting, that he's only fasting from eating and drinking. That's it. Rubba sa'imun sa'im min al ju'i wal atashi. Someone who's just suffering for no reason. You're just feeling hungry and thirsty. That's it. You're not getting any rewards of Ramadan. You're not getting the rewards of the person who's fasting. You're not. So you're just causing yourself to suffer by not eating and drinking because you're still sinning. So Allah doesn't care about you not eating or drinking. Allah doesn't care about it. You get it? So uh, what I'm trying to tell you is there's a bigger meaning. It's not about eating and drinking, but eating and drinking help. It helps. It helps, and it's mandatory. Again, it's not like a bonus thing or extra. No, it's mandatory. You're not supposed to eat and drink, but Allah is telling you. Now, is it only that? Is it only to discipline yourself? No, it's also to feel how the poor feel. Those who don't have food for a whole day, you need to feel that. Because, listen, at the end of the day, we are blessed for you to sit down and listen to me right now, whether it's on your phone or your desktop or your laptop or whatever the device you're using, you are privileged. You are privileged. I'm privileged. I have a microphone. I have a sound gear. I have a studio. I have the, the, I'm more than privileged. Alhamdulillah, it's a blessing from Allah for me and for you. And we're privileged. We're using technology. We're using this and that to spread da'wah. And this is privilege. Some people can't even eat for so many hours. And it's not by choice. So Allah is making us feel them. Listen, at the end of the day, no matter how much I tell you, there are people who are hungry all over the world. You'll feel bad. You know, you'll you'll feel sad for them. You might chip in to pay some charity. But you'll never, you know, reach that empathy. Right? Right? You won't feel the empathy unless you are in their position. That's what empathy is, right? The difference between sympathy and empathy. 
and Allah wants you to reach that empathy. You need to feel what they feel. So you feel bad for them because you were in their place in the month of Ramadan. You couldn't eat nor drink. And that's how it feels. But unfortunately, they don't have a choice. So that's another wisdom of the month of Ramadan. So the first wisdom is simple. Attaining Allah's consciousness. We have to be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the goal. That's the goal of our life. To fear Allah in our actions. To stop sinning for the sake of Allah. To do more good deeds for the sake of Allah. That's the number one goal of life, period. But it's more emphasized during the month of Ramadan. Also, we need to feel what the poor feel, how they feel when it comes to hunger and you know thirst and all these things. You are in a training camp. You're training yourself. You're disciplining yourself, right? For 30 days. And trust me, when you stop a specific sin for 30 days, it will be hard to get back to it unless you really have a weak resistance against yourself and your shaitan. But for 30 days, if you're, you know, fighting it, I'm disciplining myself, shaitan is not there, I'm, I'm okay facing the bad influences from the outside, the external bad influences, guess what? It'll be easier for you to resist that sin even after Ramadan. And that is the purpose. Because the purpose is not for you to stop sinning during the month of Ramadan and that's it. And after Ramadan, during Eid, let's do all the haram stuff. Let's go back to the starting point. No. That's not the goal. That means you failed the test of Ramadan. Yes, you gained some rewards because you were sincere, but you failed the test in general. Because you'll only succeed. You know, you'll only succeed in the test of Ramadan when you basically take what you've learned, take that self-discipline after Ramadan, throughout the year, until the next Ramadan, and then you discipline yourself again, and then again, and again, and again. That's how we live a beautiful life. Every single Ramadan, you should be, you know, fighting specific sins and diminishing those sins, destroying those sins. You don't go back to them. And again, we're human beings. We're always going to sin. That's that's fine. Just the, our goal, sinning will always be part of the human nature. We know this for a fact. But do we just give up? Do we like, well, since we are all sinners and we're all human beings, let me just sin. No. Allah is telling us that, yes, we will sin because we're humans. But what Allah is commanding us to do is to fight those sins, to stop sinning. That is our struggle. That's why we say living in this life is a struggle. Why? Because you struggle against your sins. Yes, making sins is part of the human nature. But guess what? It's not halal. That doesn't justify it. By the way, I don't want people to misunderstand being a sinner is part of who we are as, as humans because there is no sinless human being. You understand, like, we are humans, okay? Now, when I'm talking about, you know, there's no uh, sinners or, like, I'm, I mean us normal human beings. I'm not talking about prophets and messengers because prophets and messengers, they do make mistakes. They don't actually commit sins as we commit them. Do you understand? They're mis they're, they have they make mistakes. It's different, and we talked about this in the previous season. But my point is, I'm talking about us as normal human beings. We're all sinners. We sin. We're always going to sin. The thing is, number one, the level of sinning. We don't do kabair. We don't do major sins. We have to avoid these at all costs. And if we do them, we 
regret, we repent sincerely to Allah and we never do them again. Do you understand? The, the reason why we have hope is that sinning, here's the thing, sinning is, yes, part of uh, us as humans, but that doesn't justify the fact that, you know, we can let it go. We can just, you know, keep sinning. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, yes, you will sin. But what I want you to do, what he's commanding us to do is to fight those sins. And that is one of the purposes of Ramadan. To fight, Allah gives us the tools, the nice tools to, to make it easier, an easier fight. Allah is making it an easier fight, you know, against those sins. So when you finish the month of Ramadan, you're ready. You're ready. You, it's like a rehab, you know, period. Literally, it's like a rehab. You get rid of whatever your addictions, whatever your issues, whatever your problems, and you finish Ramadan with you know a new personality, someone who is better. That is why Ramadan is exciting. And for those who are not motivated, for those who are not motivated, right? What happens is they don't understand this part, the significance of this. Imagine you have the chance to become someone who is definitely and significantly better. Allah is giving you that chance in the month of Ramadan. And not just that. Not just that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also is giving you so much rewards for even trying. Rewards that are nothing like the, 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 the rewards of even the same good deeds. If you So for example, if you commit good deeds in the month of Ramadan, charity, reading Quran... That the rewards for doing this in the month of Ramadan are far more significant than if you do it outside of Ramadan. That's why Muslims are excited about Ramadan. That's why Muslims are motivated in the month of Ramadan. That's why you should be motivated in the month of Ramadan because this is ayam and ma'adudat. Allah said in the Quran, these are like numbered days. Few days, ma'adudat. Allah, you can count the days, 29 or 30 days. That is all you get for, you know, during the year. All you get on an annual basis, 30 days max. 30 days. Ayyaman ma'adudat. Use them wisely to gain as much as you can from your words. You know, to get rid of your sins, to stop, to quit certain sins, to become a better person. That's what, what should motivate you. Allah's giving you 30 days. You know, give and take 30 days and giving you tools, not just giving his like, it's not like Allah picked a month and said, yeah, you have to be at your best here. No, Allah gave you the tools, shackled the, the, the devils for you, the shayateen. He locked them up for you, for you and me and everybody's listening and all the Muslims around the world. He locked them up for us. And he told you how to discipline yourself physically and mentally what else do you need so Allah not just telling you that hey your your rewards will be quadrupled even more 70 times more your rewards I'm also Allah's telling us I'm also giving you the tools to easily obtain that imagine and 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 Allah subhanallah it's it's beautiful like that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said what? Look, the breath of the person who's fasting, of course we know that the, the you know the breath of the person who's fasting because they have empty stomach will be smelly to us humans. Like if you know you can't talk too close to someone who's fasting because they have they have a smelly breath because 
their stomach is empty. There's nothing in their stomach, right? So Allah is saying that's that smell is musk in paradise. Is musk in the sight of Allah. Musk, by the way, is like one of the most beautiful, you know, fragrance. So Allah smells that breath as if it's musk. Beautiful fragrance. Look how honored we should be. Allah's honoring the thing that people could be, you know, revolted by or, you know, repelled by the most, our breath. Of course, you should, you know, brush your teeth and all these things. Because don't listen to anybody who would say, oh, no, you can't even put anything in your mouth. No, nothing should be, you know, goes past your throat into your stomach. That's the, 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 the idea. You shouldn't like drink the water that you're brushing your teeth with or like, you know, have that toothpaste go, you know, below. No. Brush your teeth. And if you want to brush it throughout the day, every like whatever hour or two. And we mentioned this in the previous episode about cleanliness and, you know, purification in Islam. And we said what? Always be clean. So don't be like, okay, I'm fasting and, and, you know, I have a smelly breath because of my stomach. No, just clean your teeth. Brush your teeth. The Prophet said, you remember? If it was up to me and, and people wouldn't take it as, you know, a, a mandatory command, I would have told the Muslims to brush their teeth before every salah, before every prayer, because you're meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah saying even because the breath, the bad breath that comes because of our empty stomach, that we cannot control by brushing our teeth, but you can enhance it by brushing your teeth, you know, you know, you can make it better. But Allah saying that breath that comes from your stomach because you're fasting, it sm- smells great. In the sight of Allah. Imagine. That's how honored we should be on the, you know, on during the month of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said what? Look, and, and these are reasons I'm telling you right now to to sh- that should motivate you if you're not motivated already. Look at this. Every good deed that we do angels know the equivalent when it comes to good rewards to the rewards so if if you do for example charity allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the angels what charity is in terms of like you know rewards like how many rewards should you get for a specific charity right so angels do know they know the math they have like the you know the the spreadsheet that they look at let's say for example and they know like okay this guy prayed okay we're gonna put how many you know good rewards 10 20 whatever Look at this. Allah saying, Every good deed you do, it's known for the angels. They know what's the reward. Except for fasting. Look at this. When you fast sincerely, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the angels, write it as fasting. They don't write the what's the reward. They don't write. This is up to Allah. This is something that Allah at the end, you know, on the day of judgment, Allah will do that. That's how special fasting is. That's how special fasting is. Every good deed you do, the angels know the equivalent when it comes to rewards, except for fasting. Shows you. Allah saying, no, no, no. This is, I'll give that reward on the day of judgment. Imagine. Shouldn't you be excited? Shouldn't you be excited that you're doing a good deed right now during Ramadan? And guess what? Allah saying, this is very special. You're not going to write the rewards for it. I'm going to just, just write it as they fast today. That's it. When we're talking about that special reward that none of us know about, not even the angels know about, that is for the ones who sincerely fast. Now, 
don't be mistaken in thinking that you have to be perfect. No, you have to try your best. That's my point. You have to try your best. Again, the month of Ramadan is not the month of suffering. Yes, it's the month of a lot of work. We have to work now. We have to work. 30 days, ayam and ma'dudat. 30 days, do your best. Because the amount of rewards that you will obtain, inshallah, if you're sincere, mm, incredible. So please, you know, think about these things. If you are seeking Jannah, simple as that. There's no sane Muslim, there's no sane believer who wouldn't want to go to Jannah. That is the purpose. That is our goal, right? That is our ultimate end goal, to be in paradise for eternity. Think about it this way. If you want that, fasting Ramadan is a very powerful boost for you to achieve that goal. Tons of rewards, tons of forgiveness. Imagine. Think about it this way. And inshallah, you'll be motivated. Now, part of the people who are not motivated is that they think this is this is a lot to do like there's a lot to do i, I don't want to stand for an hour and a half two hours during the tarawih i don't want to do this and i don't want to do that so let me give you a little a little plan to make your life easier inshallah this is something i myself uh, you know am following so you know take it as you will but i think this is the the best way to achieve you know as much as you can to gain as much as you can from such a blessed month number one pick one thing bad about yourself that you know about yourself and quit it throughout the 30 days pick one thing if you can do more please do more i'm not telling you now i'm saying a minimum of one thing let me be clear pick a minimum of one bad quality of one sin that you used to do and stop it. If, if it's too overwhelming, pick one thing or two things or whatever. As much as you can, you know, focus on. Focus on a specific bad quality you have. A quality that makes you a bad Muslim, not a good Muslim, not a good believer. Focus on that and better yourself. I'll give you an example. Of course, the social sins and, and if you're like, for example, you know, doing something with, uh, for example, opposite gender, you're smoking, you're doing this. You should quit that. Focus on it. Make them on. And by the way, it's easy. Like I said, Allah gives us the tools. If you're a smoker, what happens? You don't smoke for most of the day. How about if you also push it little by little, you know, to stop that addiction, to stop that, you know, smoking habit and so forth. Allah gives you the tools. Just use them well. Now, let's say that now you you focused on a specific sin you focused on a bad quality and now you're stopping it great do one more thing enhance your uh, worshiping activities meaning if you're a person who never prayed nawafil and what is nawafil we mentioned this before nawafil is the sunnah people call them the sunnah prayers the extra prayers the 12 rakahs that you do throughout the day so the the the, the wafil prayers, the Sunnah prayers, and I think I mentioned this in the chapter of you know why Muslims pray five times a day. I think so. The nawafil prayers are the prayers that Prophet used to pray extra. So if you follow them, you're following the Sunnah. They're not mandatory in any way, shape, or form, but they are significant because on the day of judgment, when you're standing in front of Allah and Allah looks at your prayers, because the way the number one thing, the number one thing that Allah will look at first before anything else is your salah, your prayers. So Allah will see that your prayers were not good. You were like leaving one day and praying 
one day or you were leaving 10 days and praying one day or you, you were not focused during the prayers you were just doing other stuff you were distracted and you know you didn't care and all these things so that means your prayer is not good now what happens don't think that praying like fasting don't think that praying is just standing and doing the you know the actions of of praying and that's about it no that's you have to be disciplined khushua you have to attain khushua during the praying you know the, the method of praying or during the you know the actual ritual of praying so let's say that you tried your best but there was you had shortcomings then allah will look at your nawafil prayers okay bring me from the bonus prayers now the sunnah prayers let me see and then we'll take from those nawafil prayers and we'll make up the bad prayers or the prayers you've missed from the mandatory ones do you see how significant nawafil are some people didn't know that but allah at the end of it because you have to fulfill praying you, like you have to be you know allah in the prophet said in the hadith if your prayers are good valid the rest of your deeds will be looked at if your prayers are bad and you're a horrible person and you didn't care about praying or you were distracted and you were not you didn't try you didn't have khushu' you didn't attain this you know discipline in in, in during the you know during the prayers then Allah will say, okay, I want to see his or her nawafil now. You know, I want to see her, his or her nawafil right now. So Allah will look at your nawafil, your, your bonus prayers, and then he will say, okay, I'll take some of that to make up for the mandatory, and, and that's how you will get a good prayer, a better prayer by taking from the nawafil and making up the bad or the missed mandatory ones. So again, this is a little bit of information about, you know, nawafil prayers. So now let's say you're a person before Ramadan who didn't used to pray nawafil prayers. You used to just pray the four rak'ahs of Dhuhr, you know, the four rak'ahs of Asr, the three rak'ahs of, of, of Maghrib, the four rak'ahs of Aisha, and the two rak'ahs of Fajr, even though you have to pray the two rak'ahs, like the Prophet never quit praying the two rak'ahs, the nawafil uh, prayers before Fajr. So Fajr is usually two nawafil, then the two mandatory rak'ahs, right? So let's say you never did done this. They've never done the nawafil. You only focused on the mandatory prayers. Guess what? Now, during the month of Ramadan, how about you pray nawafil? Add those 12 rakas throughout the day. How about that? You're fasting, right? You want to have a you want to become a better worshiper, a better believer. Focus on that. See where your shortcomings are at and try to enhance them try to make it better you're someone who never paid charity or you're lacking or you're not paying charity that much guess what pay more charity during the month of ramadan you know you're someone who uh, used to talk a lot about people quit it quit it don't talk you're someone who used to do bad deeds quit it now the month of ramadan is very heavy on you right very heavy on you fasting and then after we eat some people want to go to sleep well how about that don't go to sleep force yourself to pray tarawih the prophet said what whoever prays tarawih during the month of ramadan iman and wahtisaba meaning with the intention of getting the rewards and out of faith not faking it not because the community is there so i'm just gonna go there no out of sincerity basically will have their past sins forgiven. Now, some people think going to the masjid is too difficult. If you can't, if you really, really can't, pray at home. Pray the tarawih at home. Eight rakahs, done. Why not? 
pray from the comfort of your home. Now, it's way more preferred and way more significant if you go to the masjid and pray in congregation in the masjid. But if you can't do that for any reason, don't just go to sleep. It's a waste of time. Don't waste precious time during the month of Ramadan. Stay and pray it at home. Sometimes, I'll be like, and I'm, I'm, I'm just being very honest with you. Sometimes when I'm really, you know, had a long day at work and I was fasting and I was, you know, doing everything and I was like, I can't even get out of the house for any reason. And alhamdulillah, these are like rare times. But let's say I can't even get out of the house. I just stand and pray with my wife. Pray in jama'ah at home. Do it. Don't just be like, yeah, since I can't leave and go to the masjid, I'm just going to go to bed. No, or I'm going to watch TV. Don't do that. Do not do that. Don't waste precious time during the month of Ramadan. Pray at home. Listen, you can, like I said, one little thing enhance it about yourself. One little thing. Do whatever you can. Whatever you can. But do something. Be motivated. Anything you do will be accounted for. Allah will reward you for anything you try. Imagine that's why it's so exciting to be in the month of Ramadan. It's a month of giving. Allah keeps giving us rewards and forgiving as well. Every night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala picks a specific group, a specific amount of Muslims, believers. And he writes them from those who are the people of Jannah. They will never see hellfire. They're exempt from hellfire. Now, how many? We don't know. Allah picks a group of people. Now, it's not random. It's those who are trying their best. Trying. Allah didn't say those people have to be perfect. They're trying their best during the month of Ramadan. They're fasting throughout the day, reading Quran. If you didn't used to read Quran before Ramadan, now is your time. Read some Quran. Even if it's a little bit like, do you understand my point? I'm not asking you to sit for two, three hours reading Quran. No, I'm saying do something that you didn't used to do before Ramadan. Something, listen to Quran if you don't want to read it. If it's too heavy on you to read, just listen, do anything. My point. Now try to do as much as you can. I'm not saying just anything. I'm not, I don't want you to accept the bare minimum, but I want you to at least do the bare minimum. So at least listen to the Quran. At least read a couple of verses if you can't read a whole chapter. Do something. It will all matter. There's nothing insignificant in Ramadan, by the way. Anything you do will be significant. Now, it depends. If you do more, oh, you're, inshallah, in for a treat. But if you can't, if you have you know a little bit of weak faith, if you can't do it for any medical, physical reasons, it's okay. Do what you can. And Allah knows your intentions. At the end of the day, you cannot fool Allah. And even if it's due to the lack of faith, you trying still counts. Come on. You trying to tell me that you're not you, you can't you won't be motivated after you find out that anything you do, anything extra you do counts significantly come on Allah commanded us to fast right Allah commanded us to try to abstain from sinning Allah doesn't have to reward us because Allah commanded us to do it if we don't do it we're sinful right yeah Allah rewards us so that's why it's free giveaways do what I commanded you to do 
and I will reward you, and it will be unlike any other rewards outside of the month of Ramadan. Wallahi, it's it's logically speaking, you be smart. If you can't be good throughout the year, 30 days, 30 days, do as much as you can, and it will affect you positively, inshallah. Look at this. If you cannot pray tarawih in the masjid, pray it at home, like I said. Pray, uh, you know, preferably with your family. If you can't pray it with your family, pray it alone. If you cannot pray it alone every single day, pray it alone, you know, whenever you can. Pray it whenever you can. Catch that atmosphere, catch that vibe, catch that beautiful, beautiful feeling that you're gaining something from that month. Listen, the Prophet ﷺ, one time he was about to give a sermon, a khutbah. And then while he was climbing the stairs to the pulpit, he stopped and he said, Ameen. Amen, basically. Then he moved to the second stair and then he said, Amen. Then the third and he said, Amen. Then the companions like, what's happening? And then the Prophet ﷺ said, looked at them and he said, Gabriel, Angel Gabriel, Jibril, came to me and he made dua against three types of people. Three types of people. And I said, Amen. That means the Prophet ﷺ also, by the way, meaning the person who said, Amin, Amen, is as if they made the dua themselves. So that means the Prophet ﷺ also made dua against those people by saying, Amen or Amin. So Angel Jibreel came and this is a message from Allah. This is not the opinion of Angel Jibreel. No, this is the Allah's sending the wahi. This is the revelation. So guess what? The uh, Angel Jibreel told the Prophet ﷺ, may they lose and, and, and loss in this life is really significant. Meaning may they lose. May they be, you know, may they fail in life, basically. Three types of people. Look at this hadith, beautiful hadith. Those who had their parents alive and those parents were not the cause of them to enter paradise. Meaning those who don't treat their parents well. Because if you treat your parents well, if you're good to your parents, they will be the reason for you to enter paradise because of the amount of good deeds that you will gain by being good to your parents. That's number one. Basically those who are bad children. Number two. Those who when Ramadan came and left, they were not from those who were forgiven. Like I said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses a nice group of people and a good amount of people. We don't know the exact number, of course, but Allah chooses a lot of people. And Allah, we said, he's very generous, the ultimate generous. He chooses a group of people who are trying their best and he forgives them, exempts them for hellfire. So Angel Jibreel is saying, may they fail. May they become failures. Those who spent the, a whole month of Ramadan without being forgiven. That means they never tried. They didn't even care. Because I said Allah forgives you even if you try your best. You don't have to be perfect in your fasting, but you try your best. So if you didn't even try, well, Angel Jibreel and Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu made dua against you. And the third type is someone who hears the name of the Prophet ﷺ without saying Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or Alayhi Salatu Wasallam. Who does not praise the Prophet ﷺ, who does not say peace be upon him. If you hear 
the name of the Prophet you always have to say Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam if you're the one speaking or you say Alayhi Salatu Wasallam if you're the one hearing his name. So if you're speaking and you mention the name of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam if you notice I've been saying that, right? I cannot say the, I cannot say just Prophet and, the, and be quiet. I got so used to it that now Alhamdulillah I always say Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah, you know, may he be praised by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's the meaning. Peace and blessings be upon him. If you can say it in Arabic, say it in English. It's the same thing. Peace be upon him. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If you don't do that, now if you know the hadith and you still don't do that, if you didn't know the hadith, there's a this is a different story. You know? But I'm saying if you know the hadith and you still do that and you hear his name and you choose not to say anything, then guess what? Angel Jibreel and Prophet Muhammad made dua against you. May you fail in this life. And by the way, failing in this life meaning failing, failing in a hereafter. That's what because failure in life by our standards is like not having a good job, not having a family, not having a good house or a car. That's not what Angel Jibreel is talking about. Failing in life meaning they become miserable. They can't build their good deeds for the hereafter. So be careful. Being a failure in this life from the sight of Angel Jibreel and Prophet Muhammad meaning failing in the hereafter. That's the true meaning of this. So, again, let's go back to our point. You, if, if you're not being forgiven for your sins, and how could you be forgiven? You will be from those who were cursed by Angel Jibreel and Prophet Muhammad So how do you become from those who are forgiven? Very simple. First of all, Fast. If you fast all 30 days or 29, abstaining from the stuff we talked about, fighting your sins. You could sin if you really struggle and slipped, but your goal should be fighting those sins, fighting those desires, right? Prevent this from happening. The trying, again, trying, trying, trying. It's all about the intention and the will to do something, right? Then you'll be for, forgiven. Authentic hadith, forgiven. Guess what? Another way to be forgiven. That's why there's a dua that is made against them because there are so many ways for you to be forgiven in the month of Ramadan. The, uh, the second way, so this is the first way, fasting. The second, the second method is praying taraweeh. If you're lacking in your fasting a little bit, guess what? If you pray taraweeh all of the month of Ramadan, all of the month of Ramadan, iman and wahtisaban, out of sincerity, when I just get the rewards, you will be forgiven from your past sins. Okay. If that didn't work out, now you can pray tarawih from home. Again, like I said, if you can't go to the masjid, pray it from home. You can't even attain that. Pray as much as you can in terms of tarawih. Guess what? You're lacking in that too? Focus on the last 10 days. What we know is that the last 10 days of Ramadan... It's something significant. Something significant. We'll talk about that in detail in a little bit. But they are very significant. Be at your Try your best in the last 10 days. See? Look at the amount of leeways Allah is giving you. If, okay, if you don't want to do this, okay, you can do this. Well, you can't go to the masjid stay home. Or you can't stay home and you can pray every day. Okay, then you have the last 10 days. Look at the generosity of Allah and the mercy, by the way. Allah didn't make it strictly. Like you have to fast and pray every day and do this and do that and only then your fasting will be accepted. No, no. Allah gave you options. Imagine. This should make you very motivated. Imagine all this. So the last 10 days, 
do your best. Try to perfect it, basically. Go to the masjid. If you didn't go the whole month, last 10 days, go to the masjid. Guess what? You don't want to go the last 10 days? Pick the odd nights and go. Read more Quran in the odd nights. Why the odd nights? Because we know that the night of Qadr, which is the most important night in the entire year, the night of Qadr, Laylatul Qadri Khayrun Min Al-Fishar. In the Quran, in the chapter actually called the Qadr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the night of Qadr is better than a thousand months. Can you imagine? Perfect. Now, we don't know exactly when is the night of Qadr. There's, there's a big misconception that people think that it's always going to be the 27th, the night of the 27th. That's not the case. And by the way, when I say the odd night, now hear me out. The odd night meaning that, for example, that the day of 27th, the day, the, the Ramadan, the 27th, for example. I'm just going to give an example on the 27th. That means the night of the 26th, the Taraweeh of the 26th, that's the night of the odd. That's the odd night. So that is the night of the 27th, by the way. I don't know if you guys know. Maghrib to Maghrib. This is the day, in the Islamic day is from Maghrib to Maghrib. Again, I don't want to confuse you. The night of the, the Taraweeh of the 26th is considered to be the Taraweeh of the 27th. The night of the 26th is the odd night of the 27th. So when you go on the night of the 26th, this is an odd night to you. You understand? I don't want you to be confused. It's the night before the odd day. So pray on the odd nights. Like, you know, the, the 20th, the 22nd, the 24th, the, those nights. Pray on the odd nights. Because you, if you pray on the odd nights, we know that the night of Qadr is one of these odd nights. The last 10 nights, but also the last of the odd 10 nights. So guess what? You only have five nights that you pray, odd nights, right? So you're going to pray in the last 10 days, you're going to pick the last odd nights, right? Then you're going to pick the last five, let's say, it's again, this is all like an estimate, five odd nights, and then you're going to try to perfect your worship fast in, in a better way. If you haven't already, read Quran more, uh, pray Taraweeh, try your best in the masjid. And even if you can't pray in the masjid, pray it at home and make dua that night for Allah to forgive you. Because if you do this, according to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, if you pray the night of Qadr, all of your past sins have been forgiven. So you tell me, is it that difficult? Come on, focus on one thing. Try to better yourself. There are so many ways for you to reach a beautiful level to be from those who are forgiven in the month of Ramadan come on you should be motivated now and you should feel sad when the month of Ramadan is over because those blessings not there anymore you have to wait another year and you might not even make it we don't know when we're gonna die right we don't know that's why you hear the phrase Allahumma balighna Ramadan oh Allah make us you know, reach Ramadan. Just uh, We want to attend Ramadan because we might die. And if you die before Ramadan, all this generosity, you'll miss it. So that's why believers and even the average Muslims should be excited because you can go from being an average Muslim easily to a believer by the amount of deeds you get, by, you know, abstaining from all the bad things, by disciplining yourself. You could become 
from the elite of the believers just because of the month of Ramadan. Train yourself very well during the month of Ramadan and then you'll be good inshallah for the rest of the year. Don't stop what you're doing. You know, whatever you start doing during the month of Ramadan, like praying the nawafil, paying zakat, don't stop it. Don't stop it. And that's how, you know, you get the full rewards. And that's how you pass the test actually to the month of Ramadan. The month of Ramadan is nothing but a test. You want to pass the test? Do your best. Do your best. You don't have to be perfect. Just do what you can. And it will always be significant in the sight of Allah, inshallah. I hope that, you know, uh, that uh, that addresses this whole motivation issues because I know a lot of people are struggling with it. But it's, wallahi, a blessed month and everything we do in it that's for the sake of Allah will count significantly, inshallah. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.